0: The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Well, I've just returned from this year's terrific IONS Conference near Philadelphia, with a list of terrific guests for you to look forward to. And top of the list today is an old friend and repeat guest of NDE Radio, PMH Atwater. She's just released an intriguing new book titled The Forever Angels, Near-Death Experiences in Childhood and Their Lifelong Impact. PMH is a multiple near-death experiencer herself and has been researching a near-death states since 1978. And while she has researched and authored 18 books on the subject, she tells us the generational research in this book has never been done before. About the Forever Angels, PMH writes, I call this book The Forever Angels because it is an in-depth look at tiny ones who are forever part of where they left. If you count both of the studies I have done with child experiencers of near-death states, the total is 397 angels all, these two studies show... That no matter how long child experiencers live, the vast majority never lose their sense of home. PMH, welcome back to NDE Radio. Well,
1: it's my privilege to be here. Yes, that conference was just incredible.
0: Wasn't it? It was amazing. Uh, uh, the speakers and the people who were there. Uh, I have a, I have a pretty extensive list of people I want to talk to on this show.
1: Well, I bet you do. You know, it's the biggest we've, biggest we've ever had.
0: Uh, over 400, they said. Oh, that's, what? That's,
1: 450, uh, I think, were were registered, and and uh, um, 480 was uh, the estimate given f- uh, for those that just came in to help.
0: Wow. Wow, that's amazing. PMH, your book tells us that adults and children display similar NDEs and after effects, but they are worlds apart in, in, in that little ones have no before. And what do you mean by that?
1: Well, simply no. Before, I, am, I mean, their mind is not cluttered or affected by television, by mom and dad, by the, the bar, the, the the dog barking um, hmm. on the street. Um, they don't know any of that kind of thing. Um, this is all very, very new to them, and it, um, they're coming in with a mindset that's still where they were. So therefore, they can't compare anything because they don't have any before. Hmm.
0: So when when this opens up to them, it's it's like looking back, it's being back at home again.
1: Well, it, it, it's a confusing state. Some of them have a lot of fun with it because they're going in and out of the body and they're exploring all kinds of of, of notions about a father a mother maybe siblings maybe um, the dog next door um, and and they um, and they have a lot of out-of-body trips mm. and, and <clears throat> bear in mind for your listeners um, an out-of-body experience is not a psyche a psychic phenomenon forget psychism uh, with children the paranormal is normal out of body experiences are like um um maybe a, uh, taking a walk out the door and coming back in again it's just that simple to them it's it's just that normal to them mm-hmm. and um it's nothing at all for one of these children maybe they're in their bassinet or maybe they're on the couch And, and, and they're, and they are, uh, searching the family, the family house to see where everybody is. They see their dad coming in, uh, on a car in the driveway. Um, maybe the mom is ironing in the kitchen. Maybe a sibling is playing in an upstairs bedroom. And, and they'll see all of this. They'll actually go there and view so that they feel um, more at home, uh, Mm. at home in the sense that they know where everybody is and they know what they're doing. Hmm.
0: This must be part of the learning experience, too. Um, Well, for them,
1: it's exploring, but it's it's also a matter of um, feeling better about being in a body.
0: Yes. Yes what uh, what made you think of comparing the the generational differences between the uh, the old and the young and the
1: well <laughs> we we could call it anger if you wish <laughs> uh, my first study okay. was done in the 80s and 90s with a book uh, the new children and near death experiences so if you want uh, if you if you want to get a hold of that first study um you're going to get a lot of material and a lot of drawings. And um, that was between birth and the age of 15 years. But very few of the teens or tweens ever, ever participated. It was mostly those under seven. And the largest amount of of those that participated had their experience between birth and 15 months and three to, to five years. Therefore, I could use that older study then to compare with this one, and with that older study, um, uh, um, I was interviewing people or being with people from kindergarten age up to up to um, the early twenties and beyond. But you know, mostly younger people looking forward in life. They were looking ahead, certainly backward, yes, from where they came, but mostly looking ahead in life. Um, and then with with this second, well, you know, I found, I found a twenty one percent suicide prone or ideation prone rate, um, a, and you know that bothered me. It's like what, what, mm. you know, <laughs> you know, we don't think of suicide ideation uh, with near-death cases. We think that, you know, um, this shields people from that kind of thing. Um, But with adults, uh, my research based with suicide ideation is around 5%. So it's not that many, a few, but not that many. With my first batch with children, it was 21% and I was starting to find all of these anomalies, you know, with the brain and learning and all this kind of thing. And, um, and I was just, you know, going around wondering, Hey, you know, other researchers, yoohoo, wake <laughs> up everybody. I found this very high suicide ideation rate. And I couldn't get anybody interested in doing in-depth work on children. They just wouldn't do it. So, you know, years pass and I'm starting to get a little, you know, grumpy about this, this kind of thing because, you know, the out of mouth of babes syndrome, we all hmm. suffer from that. Suffer in the sense of we love these stories wow you know the innocent that tell these incredible stories and, and and you know out of the mouth of babes wow but who does follow up you know right. we've who got Who takes a few, it seriously yeah
0: yeah or, like uh, invisible friends and that sort of thing we just
1: yeah laugh and at coming them. back like ten ten years later twenty years later thirty years later who's doing any follow-up so I finally just Got tired of this and decided, okay, <laughs> it's time for me to revisit the, revisit this. But this time, I wanted people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s who could verify having had an experience between birth and the age of five. And I, you know, I asked the question, um, did Did this early experience have any effect on your life? So I wanted the whole span, you know, family, siblings, school, dating, sex, sports, you know, and going up into the career years and the adult years and, uh, you know, falling in love and getting married and having children and even having grandchildren. Did it make any difference? So in essence... I guess you could say I was asking for an essay, but I also went back many times by phone or email or whatever to question, you know, the the kind of feedback I was getting. And I, I I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you, Lee, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked at at, at the feedback I got and the stories I got from these pe- people, mm. not only did it make a difference, but it made a huge difference in ways I would have never, ever thought.
0: Wow. Well, your your book is chock full of really interesting stories, accounts of, of um, different ways that they experienced their NDEs. And, um and the effects that they had afterwards. You mentioned um, a difference. One difference is that most adults integrate their experience in 7 to 10 years, and most young children take 20 to 40 years.
1: Right, sometimes uh, I, 50.
0: Yeah, well, as a 7-year-old who drowned myself, I, it took me a long, long time to,
1: to I can believe it.
0: To I can believe it and yeah. uh so i could re- really resonate with that and uh i wonder um do you suppose it's because when you're talking to adults who had these experiences as children that it was so long ago that um you know the society society's acceptance of these stories was much less back then than it is now do you suppose that had any um effect on well
1: maybe on- but i <clears throat> i rather think that if you have a near death experience as a very young child especially as a baby or toddler but even up to 5 maybe 7 years old mm. you really don't have an idea of what a human being is and and you know you you, you get your f- feedback from school and siblings and parents and friends but it doesn't really fit and especially in school, that's a biggie in school, because mm. most of these kids know more than their parents do, they know more than their school teachers do, they they are subject to a lot of bullying, or they just don't fit, and yes. then, um, they're, they're spending a lot of a lot of time compensating, or you know some, somehow trying to find a way to fit. And they do, they just don't fit, and and so they grow up grow up in, you know it's, it's like this it's this veil or this this mist that um, they're looking at the whole world and it doesn't match their idea of what the world is.
0: I can, does, I can that kind of with that. does that kind of fit yeah, Lee? <laughs> it, it fits my experience for sure. Yes, it does. Um and uh did you find the, the uh the kids you talked to pretty cooperative in 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 uh, talking about these things?
1: Oh my. Oh my. Um uh, it's as if a door opened for them that they never had any idea would ever open up in their lives. Finally, somebody wanted their story, and they poured and they poured and they poured. Um, it, it, it was no accident that I would I would get essays, if you will, that were maybe forty pages long, maybe fifty pages long, <laughs>
0: wow.
1: huge. Uh, sometimes his family photos, many of them so tears sp- uh, um, stained that I couldn't hardly read them, and 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 some of them when I was reading them myself, I w- I was teared um, teared up just reading them myself It's just like ah oh, that th- this one guy uh, who was now retired and. Uh, <laughs> And, and I was asking for, 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 you know, for the, this very intimate story of the, I think his experiences was like 10 months or something. And, um, he was so overjoyed finally to have someone who would listen to him mm-hmm. that he just went, I mean, uh, I couldn't hardly stop him for about six, eight months he kept <laughs> sending more and more and more and more material he just, he just you know he finally found somebody to listen to him
0: <laughs> what a what a treat for you to to uh have invited all this material and then to have it flowing in like this it must have been very rewarding
1: well it was rewarding but it was also scary because i was looking at these stories and and it, it's just it was so overwhelming to me that I almost didn't know what to do with him at first. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know because my emotions got in the way. Um, and then, you know, the researcher mode takes over. Um, I had three, three uh, of, of these people who were raised in the voodoo religion. That is to say, they'd never heard of Jesus, never heard of God, G-O-D, never heard of that, never heard of the Bible, never heard of any, any Christian. They were raised voodoo, and each one, uh, you know, in their near-death experience, were visited by Jesus. They knew who Jesus was, and they knew his name. You know, it's like, what are you going to do with that? Wow. And then I had a number of them, uh, a small number, fortunately, but, but uh, who were, uh, raised in satanic cults. One in particular, her name is Judy. Um, <clears throat> the only reason her parents ever got pregnant with her, um, was, uh, was to have, a baby, a child that they, that they could use in their rituals. So Yikes. that's the only reason they had her. And she had her first near-death experience at the age of six months. And she had 17, a total of 17, uh, um, before or around the age of nine. So she was used constantly, either on altars or uh, other, other modes Mm-hmm. um th- th- they were offering her to satan you know and it, 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 can you imagine growing up in that and no. of course um she had to deal with that when she survived had to deal with that uh, as a young woman and and you know and a, a lot of therapy yes um uh, but especially prayer and meditation especially yoga Yoga helped her a lot, and um, mindfulness training. And by the time she was in her, oh gee, I think it was in her 30s, she married. She had four children of her own. She made sure made sure that everybody had psychological counseling, so that nobody got off track, and Years of this, um, she has the most incredible family. Wow. Um, her husband stayed with her and, um, through all this. And they had, a uh, uh, a very wonderful marriage, wonderful kids. And I look at her and I think, oh, gee. Wow. Um, what she went through and how, how she dealt with that. And, and she was able to forgive her parents. She was able to forgive her parents and walk on.
0: You'd think if we have a choice as to what family to be born in, that no one would choose a family like that, and yet maybe she saw, foresaw that she was going to have a happy, successful marriage and, and her own children.
1: Well, she came to understand that, um, that she chose that kind of life to better understand um people what people go through um and and to, and, and to challenge herself more um a, a, as a soul mm. and so she sure got it
0: yes there's a a bit of a discussion about demons in your book too of 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 people thinking that that's a uh, an explanation for what's going on with kids?
1: Well, yeah, yes, yeah, some of them are visited by demons. Again, remember, the paranormal is normal for a child. Hmm. So they're going to see all kinds of things, and uh, certainly, they get visited by demons, um, just like anybody else can. Um, I, but I, I love the story of this little boy. Oh, gee, he was. Maybe about five by then, and every time he went to the bathroom, there was this this demon and so finally it, it scary me you know. and mm. but finally, this one time he decided, okay, I'm going to take charge of this got himself a baseball bat
0: <laughs> <laughs> went into the bathroom
1: and 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 you know, struck that demon and the demon faded and never came back. And he was so proud of himself. You know, I did it. I got rid of him.
0: (laughs) Terrific. That's terrific. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, you said that there are three major lights that children see. Radiant light, black or dark light, and a white light. Well, you know, I've been
1: talking about this. This is not just children. Hmm. Um, um, I've been talking about this for decades. That a near-death experience is not a white light experience. Uh, a lot of people get into that that uh, a routine of calling a near-death experience a white a white light experience. It's a bright light experience. Mm. So we've got these three lights, and children. Um, this really, really powerful light, raw, powerful, um just incredible light, um, but it has no color the, the, Then a lot of them have dark light or black light experiences. Some of them say it has purple
0: tinges
1: tinges around it and and that that dark or black light, there's something very comfortable, very cozy. Uh, very healing. Um, this darker black light is very, very healing, and loving, and uh, it's like a sanctuary. And then there's this this very bright, or what a lot of ad- adults call a white light, might have silver or go- gold in it, but a, but a very, very bright light. And, and the kids are very specific about this. I love this they say, well, that, that really bright light, that's Father light. And that dark or comfy, cozy light, that's Mother light. Hmm. And that raw, powerful light, that's God's light. And that Mother light and Father light come from God's light. So they're very specific about that.
0: Interesting that they that they'll understand that, differentiate that way.
1: They uh, do. You know, oh, yeah. in the big book of near-death experiences, I, 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 um, I have this. And, and there's a picture, a drawing in there uh, of a man, uh, an adult experiencer, who was in, in the hospital, needed surgery, and was visited that night by this incredible black light. Came in, enveloped him, and the next morning, the reason for the surgery was gone. He didn't di- didn't uh, need surgery at all, and that's in the big book.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, that that dark or black light. It's just an incredibly powerful light.
0: And that would be the the, the mother light, the,
1: the, the feminine. The kids call it the mother light. Yeah, and
0: that's that's the healing light. That's that's true. Well,
1: also, when I when I was um, looking for jumps in IQ, um, the biggest jump in, I, in, IQ, in IQ was for those children who had a dark or black light experience instead of the bright light. Really. So there, there, there's something very special about that light. And uh, we need to look at that more.
0: That's interesting. Um, you had said that nine chances out of ten, or nine nine out of ten children will see through parents, siblings, oh teachers, school kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it's really almost comical when you read their stories. Um, and, and you'll love it in reading the book, The Forever Angels. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they know what's going on in their, their mother or their father's mind. They do. Um, they'll, they'll know what is going on in the sibling's mind or so forth and so on. They pick it up right away. Sometimes they see it. Uh, they see their parents uh, doing things. But mostly they clue into what their parents are thinking so, dads out there, <laughs> beware! Mm. Your kid is in your brain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so they're and their tapping nose in, and, and in. They can, hand. They can and see the hypocrisy when it's there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that would be a scary thing for parents, I'm sure. <laughs> not that they intend to mislead their kids, but uh, you know, there's always a "do what I say, not what I do." Attitude. Well
1: it's quite literal uh, if you've got a <laughs> child experiencer and, and they know what's going on with you. Uh, if you're having you know problems with money, if you're angry, um, if there's problems with mom and dad, they'll pick up on that right away and yeah. and they'll know you know a lot of these kids Lee were born aware and awake. So, that's very sobering. Hmm. When you have a child that's being born, even if they're crying, they are aware and awake. They know what's going on. They know their parents, most of them, ahead of time. Or they are wondering what's going on. Um, It's almost... (laughs) I had a number of these experiencers say being in the in the in the womb, um, it's almost like um, they're an adult in there. Hmm. It it it, um, it, it's like they have an adult brain, and they know what's going on.
0: Well, well, when you're on the other side, you you are uh, you're not a little child. Uh, you, You have the capacity. You have your full capacity. So I guess if if they're in the womb but out of body they would have that uh, that understanding
1: a lot of them do in fact most of them do and that causes all kinds of wrinkles
0: yes. in uh, <laughs>
1: the family dynamic you know
0: I'm sure <laughs> so you can out of the mouth of the babes it's just out of the out of the mouth of another you know, fully developed human beings sometimes uh, yeah. and they're not just not get, being given credit for
1: their spiritual well, maturity yeah they may not have the language yet but they have the maturity. thought
0: <laughs> well um, PMH we are out of time for today but um, I would like you to come back and be on next week's show too if that's alright
1: oh I'd love to I'd love to
0: Okay. Because we'll there's so much and more we, to say. Yeah, we'll we'll have more to say about Forever Angels and and maybe uh get into the state of the world as well. I know you have uh, written a lot in your oh. uh, <laughs> newsletter about the way things are. Uh my my thanks again to PMH Atwater for today's show and next week's show in advance. For more on ions and recordings from the conference, please go to IANDS.org. If you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.